welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Once again, our show is on the air through the generosity and support of Ron Rubin Winery. Ron Rubin specializes in Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, wines that to me truly capture the essence of the region. Check out their website at ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to Episode 176. Today our guest is wine writer Natalie McLean. She's written a new book called Wine Witch on Fire, Rising from the Ashes of Divorce, Defamation, and Drinking Too Much. Welcome, Natalie. Hello, Marcy and Beth. Great to be here with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this episode for, I don't know, it seems like months now. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about the book. I just finished it um, two days ago. And um, I want to tell our guests a little bit, you know, it's about Natalie's story of overcoming adversity in all aspects of her life, both personal and professional. And it's just, it's an amazing book. The story builds and builds. I felt like you were just going to burst out of those pages by the time I got to the end. It was just really great. It's intense. Thank you. It's fast paced and it's so funny. Um, I just, one of my first questions was, I, I could almost feel the crescendo and the relief by the end of the book. And I imagine writing this was both difficult and cathartic. It was. It was. You know, they, they say when it comes to memoir, write from a scar, not an open wound. Oh. And so, you know, I really needed time to heal from my most terrible vintage ever, both personally and professionally, but also to to kind of pull back and have the kinds of reflections and learning about what happened that would be of interest to other people. Otherwise, it's just a big, you know, misery dump. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, right? But, you know, I think um, why people resonate with a lot of memoirs, and I hope with mine as well, is that it's a journey through um, some very tough patches in life. And although they, uh, readers may not have, you know, gone through divorce specifically, I'm sure a lot of people have felt loneliness or the right, yearning right. for love. Mm-hmm. They they may not have been attacked online by a social media mob, but you know they've probably felt rejection or you know career disappointment. And I think what what a good memoir does is let you feel all those feelings you felt that are part of your story as a reader, but through the lens of a different story. And importantly, how you can come out on the other end survive, thrive, and be stronger. Right. Yes. Memoir has a definite arc. You know, it has a very satisfying feel, but it has that universal quality, too. So, yeah, definitely. I think you nailed it. Um, Thank you. I remember that entire pile on. (laughs) It was, uh, you know, the Twitter gangs are real. Oh, yeah. So in the book, Natalie talks about a a pile-on for, there was a uh, kind of a kerfuffle over a fair use versus copyright and the difference of Canadian and U.S. laws. Natalie is based in Canada. And, you know, it's hard to be a woman, and it's hard to be a woman on Twitter, and it's hard to be a woman in wine sometimes. But um, my question was, do you still think this would happen today now that Twitter is kind of somewhat defanged? You know, it's not as active as it was? or <laughs> Well, I don't know. Twitter seems to be going a whole down a different whole rabbit hole these days. Yeah, it's a different problem. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, this, um, although this took place in 2012, I think we still, as women in wine and just women generally, are still facing a lot of these issues. Now we have um, pylons that are made worse by bots, so you don't know if it's a right. human yeah. or a bot that's, that's egging scarier. everybody on. Right. Um, the only difference I see now is that, you know, the, the pylons or the 
cancel culture just moves more quickly. Yes, so it's they, so fast. They move on. <laughs> That's yeah. the only relief you get is they find somebody else and they're on to their next whatever. But, um, you know, I think for myself personally, I've learned a lot of um, coping techniques, both for how to be online, about, you know, my own drinking habits, a whole lot of things. And, you know, when it comes to being online, I think we have to really think about our mental health and not go down those rabbit holes that are not good for us, that are full of negativity or whatever. I mean, you can just block people. Um, but the thing is, of course, you know, if you earn your living online, as I do, you can no more turn it off completely than a surgeon can operate outside a That's hospital. That's the problem. So right, it's right. a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, to answer your question, I think things are improving, but that we're dealing with different factors today, and people still have to, I think, be very vigilant of, as I say, your mental health online. Definitely. And it's also you would handle it differently. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought, you know, just answer their concerns and everyone will go away, right? <laughs> nope. Oh, <laughs> nope. Yeah. yeah. I, I find, you know, sometimes responding, like trying to be polite and responding and answering their questions just can add fuel to the fire. And at a certain point, you just have to say, no more. I pull back. I pull out. And it just dies from lack of oxygen, uh, those kinds of pylons. Right. But, you know, like I, too, though, uh, part of this memoir was a lot of self-reflection and a lot of learning as to what I contributed to the things that I faced that year, because I wanted to come out of it a different person, you know, both personally and professionally. Right. you know, I, I had to do some hard, have some hard talks with myself as well. Yeah. And the kind of what it revolved around was permissions on your website with Wine Reviews. So it made me think, you know, you name names in the book and all those names, I, I didn't find it surprising. Those were kind of the usual suspects. <laughs> but um, did you need to get their permission to include them in the book or how did that work? That is a fascinating question uh, for um, now I'm a copyright nerd, right? So um, <laughs> at first I changed everybody's names. Um, most people for the sake of privacy, like my son and mm-hmm. ex-husband and so on, which people do in memoir all the time. Right. But when it came to the people online and quoting them as to what they were saying about me or anything else, I realized, and with the help of several lawyers, I couldn't do that or I'd be violating copyright all over again. Okay. So so if you quote someone in a book, um, like I'm quoting online, but I had to use their full names. (laughs) So that's why their real full names are there. Um, And by now, I do know what constitutes fair use and fair dealing. (laughs) Right. Um, I did not need their permission. Yeah. Right, and I'm sure your publisher vetted all that. So, oh yes, yeah. yes, along with the legal team. So, yeah, yeah. yeah there <laughs> must have been some satisfaction in being well, able to do that. I too. think so too. I mean, they if they've said it, they said it. <laughs> yeah, they need to own yeah, it. Yeah, they said it. I mean, it's in print. I've got screenshots and yeah, all the rest of it. It's yeah. still right. there. But, you know, it, it, right. there is no issue. But I think too that you know, in in the end too, it lends the whole thing um, more authenticity, yes. more transparency, more gravity, because these are real people uh-huh. who are still operating online and, yeah, right. you know, have positions of influence. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the end, I felt good about it, although <laughs> I'm sure it's going to cause a little storm in a, a wine glass when it comes out. But, but all publicity is good publicity when you're put, <laughs> talking a book. <laughs> so. They're going to be doing a lot of blocking. They'll be talking about your book. A lot book. of blocking. <laughs> <laughs>
The other thing I love in the book is you highlight a lot of women winemakers in the chapters, and you're using it as a way to kind of mark a milestone or reflect upon a moment with a particular wine. Uh, did you match the wines? I mean, obviously, you couldn't have done it on the fly, but it, it is in the memoir. It's a very effective device that deepens the narrative. How did you how did you work that in? And wh- what was the process of you know, having a you know, poignant moment and then you pick a wine? I just thought those wines went so well. How did that work? Oh, thank you. So some of the wines I was actually drinking at the time, others seemed to fit a theme or a mood after the fact. So I would add the story in, especially if the story resonated with my story. Like, I'm sure you both are well aware of the widow, Veuve Clicquot, exactly. the widow. Yeah. yeah. And she was a single mom like me. Um, she had a young child, as I did, and she faced a completely different set of career challenges mm-hmm. and personal challenges, but I just resonated with her story right. so strongly that I had to weave her in there. Um, you know, another uh, woman from Sonoma, Mary Edwards, is in there, mm-hmm. yes. and her gorgeous Pinot Noirs. So that's why I was weaving it in. I, I thought it lent an extra dimension, and I'm glad you picked up on it. Yes, I love the um, the Southbrook Vidal Skin Fermented, the Anne Sperling. That yes. piqued my interest because I am a big fan it's of orange right wine. Right up your alley, Marcus. And, um, and I think, oh, I've read that she's there's a charge to create the first appellation for orange wine. Like, yes. that was amazing. Oh, yeah. She's a real rock star, literally. She's, she's a pioneer. Um, she created the world's first appellation for orange wines here in Canada and um, has mm. codified kind of some of the winemaking. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to celebrate these women and not in a token kind of way, but in a, did you realize just how much has right. gone beyond the, yeah. behind the scenes with these these leaders? I guess the only counter-influence that I had to deal with is to make sure that in the memoir it doesn't come across as, oh, there's a wine to solve all of your life. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. So part of it that is, would be is good. pulling back on, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm drinking too much. I think you skillfully weaved it in. And um, one thing I also want to mention, there's so much humor in this book. It's <laughs> really funny. And one of my favorites is you're talking about there's a line of wines after The Handmaid Tale. Right. And, um, you know, they were actually pulled from the market because, you know, they had names like Off Fred, Off Glen. And um, my favorite quip is you said if they named them after the real women, their names like June and Emily, they would have been called Off Brand. I thought that was just <laughs> hilarious. Yes. I know how someone could take a, the concept for these wines and run it through, I only, can only assume, focus groups and market tests right. or whatever and get it right out to the market. Labels that, if anyone's read the Margaret Atwood book, Handmaid's Tales, or seen the television series, which is just phenomenal, but it deals with pretty serious yes. yeah. misogyny. Right. And, but it's so emblematic of a lot, not a lot, but of some marketing of wine to women versus how wine is marketed to men. So it was an right. example yeah. that really brought it that into contrast. Yeah, that is a very tone-deaf approach. are big on social media. I, I wonder, um, social media can be exhausting. It's a full-time pursuit. Do you do all your own social media? Or do you have a, like a genie like Beth does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a genie. Well, I write it all, but I do have someone helping me post. Yes, like schedule kind of and plan it out. Right. Yeah. right. 
Yeah, because it does get to be a lot after a while. But I create all my own content, and um, therefore, you know, whatever I create as a blog post or, you know, a television clip or my own podcast, that is what feeds into social media to right. create posts. Yeah, yes. exponential promotions yeah. and such. Exactly. Yeah. Recycle, reuse, reduce your own effort with content. That's always the plan. I saw, Natalie, that you also have a companion guide to the book. Um, yeah, that's what I was seeing the other day. Right. What does that entail? So the, the book originally was much longer. It had many, many more wines in it. Um, but for various reasons in terms of you know, streamlining the narrative. And I didn't set out for this to be a wine book per se, even though it's, you know, it takes place in the wine industry. And right. as we've already talked about, but it does have wines in it. platform makes it very, yeah. you know, congruent. Exactly. So um, what we did, my publisher and I, is we took out a lot of um, the wine and we created a beautiful companion guide to the book that is free. Um, so it has lots more wines in it. It has um, discussion questions for book clubs. I thought that more book club things, yeah. Exactly, book clubs, wine groups, but also if you just want to, here's a suggestion, buy the book for your friends and yourself and you all read it and then you can get together and talk about it because right. there are a lot of meaty discussion issues that the book surfaces. And I also you know, have tips on organizing an informal mm-hmm. wine tasting, that sort of thing. So it is available at winewitchonfire.com forward slash guide. So it's a free download, but it looks beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, some people have seen it so far said, you could charge for this, and but we're not doing that. <laughs> well, it's nice to have that. It really helps with book groups and stuff. Yeah, I think so. with book groups, it's super cool. Yeah. So when you come to Sonoma, what are some of your favorite wineries that you like to visit? Well, I've mentioned Mary Edwards. Yes. I'm a Pinot girl at heart. and Well, then you should be here. <laughs> I know. In the I Russian River. I misplaced here, yes. <laughs> um, I think, you know, not to, I'm not on commission or anything, but I buy La Crema by the caseload. Oh, um, wow. Um, well, I do that too, I must admit. Oh, so good. It's yeah. so good. But I love Sonoma in particular, among all the California regions, because it just excels at cool climate, Pinot Noir and of right. course Chardonnay, any of the right. cool climate grapes. Right. Um, but that that's my go-to. I mean, I, I'm a Pinot fan. If I could be a wine, I'd be a Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. you know, because I, <laughs> I find, you know, the wines are lively and edgy, but always sort of teetering on the verge of collapse. They're very interesting, like people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're thin-skinned, and I like that in people and grapes because I think, you know, you get to know those those wines and people better. Right, a little persnickety. Yeah, exactly, high-maintenance, yeah. whatever. It's a whole bundle of things, isn't there's, it? There's some lovely pinots in the Okanagan, too. There are. It's a terrific um, region in Canada, and uh, they tend to be, I find, even more robust uh, mm-hmm. than some of the cooler climate Sonoma wines, even though they are farther north. Um, yeah, well, there's I, definitely I a difference for sure. Yeah, exactly, because the last 30 miles of the Sonoran Desert. But um, I love Pinots from both. Of course, I, I have to give a shout-out to the Okanagan as well as Niagara. Of course. But, yeah. um, you know, Sonoma has a very special place in my heart and in my wine repertoire. I'm excited to see this book when it is out. I, I um, you know, we will have links to the book. Uh, I think it comes out about a week from when we uh, publish this show. And do you feel like this 
um, brought a nice closure to you for a lot of things? It did. I mean, in winemaking, there's a term called dry extract, and it's when life, uh, well, in the wine process, it's when wine is boiled down to its essence, like it's just those pure flavor crystals completely dehydrated. And I think for humans, when life boils you down to your essence, you start to discover what's at your core Mm -hmm. and, you know, what kind of inner reserves of strength and resilience you have that you didn't realize you had. And then more importantly, how do you want to sort of go forward, perhaps in new and different ways, both professionally and personally? Mm -hmm. Because a crisis, (laughs) as, as my grandmother said, don't ever waste a good crisis because it will <laughs> knock you off your <laughs> it will knock you off your socks but it will make you question everything right. and that's a good thing you can use that as an opportunity to to think about who you want to be and and what you want to do going forward so yeah this book really brought to closure that chapter of my life it um it was not only cathartic it just makes me feel like, okay, now I've told my story. I hope my story can help others, right. as we talked about. And, um, yeah, I've, it's it's like I lifted a stone off my own heart. Mm-hmm. So, Natalie, what wine pairs with catharsis? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> catharsis, at first I was going to say, you know, an Amarone, something that goes str- down strong with a bitter finish. Yes. That, that just sounds... <laughs> That just sounds mean. It sounds like I didn't learn anything. But that is a good so. choice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think with catharsis, you know, I'm going to go back to Pinot Noir because it's so packed with flavor and it's a release of life. And relief, yes, especially on glass too. Um, but it's, it's not heavy on the alcohol and the tannin and everything else. So there's no, there is no bitter aftertaste as there should be or shouldn't be in the case of this. So, yeah, no I would definitely go with a nice, yeah. a nice you know. level-headed wine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but still a little edgy, right? Yeah. Didn't lose the zest. <laughs> but still has some, uh, yeah, great aspects. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I'm super excited about this. Uh, it was great, really great to hear your voice and uh, to, to finally have you on the show and have this work out. Um, we will direct people to your website. There's so much information there, how they people can connect with you in so many different ways. Yeah, oh, I mean, people definitely will put that in the show notes. A link, We'll put a link to the book. We'll put a link to Natalie's website. Um, there's so much more to, you know, interact with Natalie on. And is there anything, Natalie, you want to say anything we didn't ask that you wanted to mention? No, you guys have covered some great ground and great questions. Um, you know, people can also find me on my podcast, Unreserved oh, yeah. Wine Talk. Oh, yes, definitely. Podcast people. Um, but as I said, you can get the free guide at winewitch.com forward slash guide. My website, that it's going to take you to my website anyway, that URL, mm-hmm. uh, com. I've got all kinds of resources. And if people do buy the books for themselves, for friends, um, I'm happy to mail them personally signed book plates. I saw they want to that give it online. Yeah. I thought, oh, there's something I need to jump on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I've developed all kinds of bonuses for book buyers. Yeah. So, you know, if you buy whatever, one to four copies, you can join me in a private tasting and all kinds of things. So there's lots of juicy bonuses on the site as well. A lot of great marketing. Yeah, I tell people writing the book is easy. It's marketing. That's the hard <laughs> but, part. But I mean, joining you, with a, for, exactly. uh, joining you for the tasting would be so awesome. I mean, wouldn't a group of people love that? Oh, my gosh. That would be fun. Yeah, that would yep. be great. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for your time, Natalie. Really enjoyed the book. And 
We'll see you on the wine road. Absolutely. Marcy, Beth, this was a delight. I raised my glass to you both. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. calling it. Talk to you soon. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.